With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks are 5-0 and they're taking on the 4-2 Arizona Cardinals coming up on Sunday. Joining me to talk about the matchup with the Arizona Cardinals is Ed Smith, the host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He's a former NFL and XFL player, a member of the 1998 NFC champion Atlanta Falcons. One of my favorite former NFL players to talk to, despite the fact he never played for the Seahawks. Ed, welcome back to the show. Hey, Brandon, thank you for having me. And actually, you know, uh, Seattle holds a special spot in my heart. I know we talked last year, but I don't even think I told you this. Uh, up in Seattle is where I, get, I got my first catch. So, you know, that's, a, that, that's always a special moment for me. Oh, that's very cool. Well, yeah, I, I think I would remember that, how you told me last time. And I, I'm excited <laughs> to have you back, Ed. And because this game coming up, you know, not only is it the Seahawks' first opportunity to take on an NFC West rival, but the Arizona Cardinals, they are having a really nice start to the season. And I, I'm kind of curious of what your sense is of this Arizona Cardinals team right now, Ed. It's, you know, it's been a pleasant start, Brandon, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to, into each week with, you know, like, I guess, tempered optimism because this team is very young still, still trying to come together, didn't have an off season to really build off the end of the 2019 season. So, you know, we're taking baby steps. We've caught a couple breaks. You know, and I thought we we're talking before we uh, jumped on here, you know, we caught San Fran first week of the season they were you know just come devastating injuries and you know they weren't themselves still haven't really gotten back to their form but we caught them early uh we, you know we've had a, a break in the schedule if you want to talk about playing jets and then you get dallas without Dak. you know the week after at that so you know the, the, the good thing is we're winning games you know a little biggest disappointment for me so far was the uh Detroit Lions game we dropped I think that was one we really should have had but other than that you know it's, it's been a uh, a nice, I guess, three and three is better than zero and six, you know. And and you know, I'm trying to you know stop everybody from running out and buying their Super Bowl tickets just yet. But you know, the, the things have been looking up for us out here in the desert so far. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Super Bowl tickets. I, I felt like I was hearing some early hype just around Kyler Murray the first couple of weeks as a potential candidate for league MVP. But maybe that's cooled off a little bit since. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I suppose. It has, you know, what I like is that he's continuing to make progress in his, you know, you know, quarterback uh, skills, you know, the, all the hype about the, uh, you know, MVP and things like that, that was really premature, but you can see anybody who watches him, Brandon, you can see some special qualities that are sometimes rare when you're talking about some of the greatest athletes all you know, on the field at the same time. And this one dude sometimes sticks out and even being so young, it's really impressive. He, his skills sometimes, you know, they make you shake your head. You know, he's got a long way to go in terms of becoming that, you know, dominant pocket passer. Uh, I think one of the things will always be a little bit of a stickler against him is his height, but 
they can figure out ways to create windows for him uh, to get the ball downfield. And then with his scrambling ability and, and that speed, it's he's, he's, a, he's a special cat right now. Yeah, the height thing doesn't seem to go away. You know, we're eight, nine years into Russell Wilson, and uh, that still gets brought up. And and, and it is uh, <laughs> yeah. it is a legitimate uh, thing to be aware of with guys because, I mean, Russell, we don't see a ton of throws over the middle. But I, I think that of all the quarterbacks who are under six foot, and I guess there's not really that many of them besides uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, but uh, they do have these other qualities about them that make them special. Yeah, you you have to overcome the heightism, as I call it. You got to be really special in this league. You know, for years, Doug Flutie was fighting against the machine. You know, and he was kind of maybe ahead of his time. Now we've kind of realized, you know, it doesn't take a dude that's six four to sit in the pocket, and sometimes that speed can be an element that you know can deter you know the fact that he's not the tallest man out there. But you know, we've experienced some of what has gone on with Russell early here with Kyler, a lot of horizontal passing sideline to sideline. They still haven't figured out how to create those lanes over the middle of the field form, but that's going to be tough. It might be more of a, you know, a situation where we constantly roll him out to create different things. But at some point, you know, he's, he's going to have to stand tall, if you can call it tall, in the pocket and figure out that, you know, that Drew Brees thing. Drew is, you know, I mean, my radio partner, we always talk about Drew breaking that neck, trying to look over the top of that line. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something Kyler might adapt or something like that. But, you know, so far, so good. You know, we'll, we'll see. We, you know, like I said, you can't you can't teach height. You can't. You know, it doesn't go away. So unless he has another growth spurt, it is what it is at this point. <laughs> Probably not happening. And uh, Kyler has been a a fun one to watch. You mentioned kind of that horizontal game for the Cardinals. And I feel like that's the one thing that the Seahawks really haven't quite faced so far this year. But it's also one of the things that I thought that their defense was going for, especially with playing NFC West type teams, the way the Rams like to play, the way the the 49ers like to play. They they really like to, to, to test the edges of the defense And, you know, the Seahawks go out and they trade for Jamal Adams. They get first round pick Jordan Brooks. Now, I don't know if those two guys are going to be healthy for this game, but uh, it is I I feel like it's what they were going for when they made those decisions on defense. So um, how how are you looking at this in terms of the matchup with the Cardinals offense against the Seahawks defense, knowing that, you know, it hasn't been great for the Seahawks through these first five games, but those were much more vertical type teams. I think that the Seahawks were facing here through their first five games. Yeah. I I think the advantage for us will be if we kind of maintain what we did against Dallas this past week, uh, you know, more up the field attacks. uh, I think that'll be, you know, something that will, you know, I'm going to monitor very early in the game. If we get stuck in this mode where we do sometime where everything is out to the edges, you know, a lot of, wide receiver screens and then when we do throw the ball you know it's five yards up the field but it's to the barrier which is very easy to defend in my opinion that's you know you you i'm looking for more up the field with your deandre hopkins we still have to get larry Fitzgerald a little more involved over the middle of the field you know andy isabella is someone who's come on Kristen kirk you know we're starting to get some guys who are contributing a little bit. We just have to make sure that we utilize all of our weapons. And the other thing, Brandon, if we don't bring our run game to Seattle, I'll be very disappointed. Thus far, you know, we have Keen Drake. He's been, he's been solid. Let's call him solid. There's nothing spectacular so far. I'm still waiting for that breakout game for him, which I think will then 
ease up some of the pressure, you know, open the cap off the uh, back end of the defense as well. If you're constantly having to come down and defend the run, it'll give us more opportunity for, for things over the top. So we still, still, our offense is still a work in progress in terms of trying to put it all together. You know, and it can't be all just about Kyler and scrambling and running the ball. We're still looking for that ultimate game where every phase of the offense, run game, a quarterback throwing the ball, uh, and also some big plays. We're still looking to kind of get that all together. And this is going to be the big test here. Uh, you know, no slouch is invited to this game right here when you got, you know, 5-0 Seattle coming into town. So I'm looking forward to this one. This will be a real measuring stick for everybody who's curious about the Cardinals, whether they're that good or whether they just play bad opponents. This is the test right here with Seattle coming in. Yeah, and the Seahawks and Cardinals face off twice over the next five weeks. And I really think the next four or five weeks are going to be a measuring stick for the entire NFC West. You know, you talked about how the Arizona Cardinals may have faced, you know, a relatively easy schedule to this point. But I I look around the rest of the NFC West, Ed, and I see, you know, the Rams, who their four wins are only over NFC East teams. <laughs> and then San Francisco, you know, their two their two wins going over <laughs> going into Sunday night's win over the Rams were over the Jets and the Giants. So I, I have a hard time really deciding who the good teams are in this division just based on the opponents that everybody's faced so far. That is great assessment too, Brandon. It's one of those things where you know, we've been going over and picking on the, 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 the like you call it, the NFC lease is what I call it. They've, that's a sad division over there. And what and what it might show, because obviously you, can, you have to play who's on your schedule, what it might show is our division, we're going out and we're taking care of our business, business outside, and now it's going to be time for uh, us to get in the octagon with each other moving forward. Like you said, you know, we got a couple times against you guys, still have two against the Rams, we got one left against San Fran, and they've obviously looked better over the last couple of weeks. So this is really going to start to shape up. You know, the, the week will get left behind if you're, you know, it's all about winning those division games. You can go outside and pick on everybody else. But when it comes to, you know, taking control of a, a division, now you have to win those games especially. Well, as the Seahawks look to get a win on Sunday, they're going to be doing it against an Arizona Cardinals team that just lost one of its most important players. I want to talk to you about this Cardinals defense and some of the matchups with the Seattle offense coming up next. Talking to Ed Smith, host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Ed played for the NFC champion Falcons back in 1998. And Ed, we've talked a lot of offense. I want to switch over to the defense. I want to get your assessment of the impact of losing Chandler Jones, because I don't think that there is a guy that I can think of that has sacked Russell Wilson more times than Chandler Jones. And I, <laughs> it was even last year. I think it was four sacks in one game. Yeah, that is a huge loss for us. And the the, the rough part is that, you know, you're not going to be able to replace him at all. And you hope guys will, will come and step up and, you know, they always say next man up, but there, you know, when you're replacing someone like a Chandler Jones, next man is not going to be the man for me, you know, and his, his absence. And the, the crazy part, Brandon, he was not having what statistically what you would call a great year because he's become the focus. Everybody looks, you know, game planning each week and you're looking and you see you had to put uh, extra special attention toward uh, Chandler Jones. So that's what teams were doing. So his numbers were down, but his effect in terms of, opening up opportunities for others has been uh, unbelievable. Now teams won't even have to worry about game planning for him. 
Uh, so it's definitely going to be a huge hit. And then, you know, the way you guys, I, I marvel at how uh, Seattle, you guys are one of the most old school teams that I see out there. You guys still believe in the run first. Uh, we're going to put our, you know, put our big hats on and we'll come get you. And, and that's what kind of scares me this week. Because obviously with Russell, you know, the magician back there, he's always ready to make some type of, you know, crazy uh, play that, you know, extends a play or does something, you know, marvelous. So between your run game, lack of Chandler Jones, back, you know, up in our front and uh, Russell, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a true challenge for us. I'm kind of glad that you recognize that, Ed, because I think that this whole discussion, I don't know if the phrase let Russ cook has gotten to you, but it has hit the national media. We've seen it in in some of those Sunday night games. And and so (laughs) there's been a lot of focus on Russ, even though his attempts per game are only up maybe two or three on average over past seasons. I do still think that there is that focus on the running game. And so how has how has the Arizona defense been against the running game? I know you just faced Zeke Elliott uh, in this last game and held him in check fairly well. So um, is is the run game really that much of a concern for the Cardinals defense? I think it truly is. And for me, we have not had any real test to this point, Brandon. You know, as far as, like I said, we got San Fran when they were nicked and hurt. We played the Jets uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was. And, you know, with backup quarterback Flacco. And then we get Dakless uh, Cowboys. And then Zeke just decided to, I guess, have Christmas early and start giving away fumbles and balls and stuff like that. So, you know, we really have it, you know, and their offensive line was, was, was atrocious. So I don't think we've really faced what I would call a real true attack on the ground yet. And that's going to be a real test, especially, you know, it's almost going to kind of be like a battle of wills, you know, our front, can they hold up against yours? And then can your front stop our, I guess, semi air raid? I don't call it the air raid because, you know, air raid, you got to be throwing it all over the place. We're still kind of dinking and dunking a little bit, but with Kyler Murray out there, uh, you know, he'll obviously test your, you know, that that side of your of the ball for you guys. But, you know, our, our defense this is going to be the truest test they've seen so far. And then can you corral uh, Russell and keep him from extending plays? That's the biggest thing. He he is like so good at, you know, you just when you think him down, down, he squirts out of there and he's always looking to throw first. He's not looking to scramble and run unless totally necessary. You know, next, you know, He's finding somebody deep over the top of one of those pretty, pretty balls. And that's, you know, we're going to have to hold up in the secondary and make sure we, you know, cover to the whistle. That's the other thing, you know. So we'll, you know, we got Buda Baker back uh, a couple weeks ago. He's, yeah, he had an interception this past week, first of his career, actually, after all this time. And, you know, maybe he can, uh, you know, make it two weeks in a row. We'll see. Well, Buda Baker is probably the guy, now that Chandler Jones is out. The guy that I know Seahawks fans are definitely most concerned about. I think it's the, the Seahawks offense, the guy that you have to be most concerned about, too. And was it just that game against the Cowboys this season or, or have you seen him kind of stepping up to a new level this season? He, you know, he, it all started for him last year, Brandon. That's how he got that big contract over the offseason. He was really balling at the end of last year. A couple games, man, it looked like there were two of them out there, you know. So then he springboards into this year with obviously no offseason or anything, anything like that, but they reward him with the contract. He's already had a little nick. He had a thumb surgery, I think, uh, two, three weeks ago, missed one week, right back in there. And you can feel his impact from, you know, when he's not out there, you can definitely tell. The defense doesn't fly around 
without him out there. He's almost like that. You know, we, we thought Isaiah Simmons was going to step in, our young rookie, and be like that Swiss Army, Army knife. He's still a work in progress, learning on the fly. Buda Baker's that dude, man. You you have no idea where he's going to land up, line up. And then there are times when there's a play right at the line of scrimmage, and you're thinking one of the linebackers or somebody's going to be getting up from the pile, and there's Buda. I'm like, where the heck did he come from? So, you know, you're using him in creative ways, and that young man is not afraid to throw his body around and uh, make things happen. So uh, he's our, right now, he is the the defensive leader uh, with Chandler Jones going down. What has been going on with Isaiah Simmons? Because there was a lot of excitement around him being a top 10 pick and just the fact that he fell to the Cardinals in the first place in the draft. And he was a guy that I was really excited about. I I guess one of the cool things, I did see a video by Mark Schofield breaking down how the Cardinals in third and long situations have been going 0-6-5 in terms of their defensive alignment and putting linebackers on the field uh, rather than the defensive lineman and dropping back Isaiah Simmons in coverage in the middle of the field or lining up man-to-man on a tight end. It sounds like they're doing some creative things defensively. They are. I was a little shocked. I, we, you know, we do our homework, and I was a little shocked to find out that he was in, I think I have a stat on one of my old sheets from this past week, only 57 out of 300 and some odd snaps, Brandon, he's been in so far. And I think the biggest thing for him is – the lack of offseason, the lack of OTAs, uh, preseason for him to kind of get up to speed. I was joking with my radio partner, you know, as we got ready for the, so we're getting ready for the season. I felt so bad for these rookies. It was almost like, you know, you, you're getting ready to get on a treadmill. And normally you get on, you have it at three, incline of one, and you just kind of roll into it. Imagine getting on a treadmill that's already going at 12 with an incline of 15. You have to just jump on it. And that's what these rookies with no mini camp or anything like that, no preseason, that's kind of what they're dealing with. And then on top of it, they're obviously the higher you drafted, more expectations are. And they had all these plans for, you know, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. And man, I can only imagine how much his head is swimming out there. And when you're thinking, man, you are like a sitting duck out there. And they, the, the game moves so fast. And he's just not quite ready for it. It's going to take him a little time to get up to speed. I think the physical ability is there. The mental man, I can only imagine. He's probably at home sometime curled up in the ball on his couch just, you know, looking at this stuff. It's almost like, you know, going from Algebra 2 to uh, some grade of, you know, calculus or something like that. His, his, I, I can only imagine he's just trying everything he can, but it's just, it's just not coming together mentally right now but eventually the physical and the mental hopefully will catch up to each other well one of the guys that's everything's coming together for this season seems to be dk metcalf for the seahawks and we saw metcalf matched up with patrick peterson in that late season game last year and and peterson did a really nice job of shutting him down but then we saw dk this season saw him matching up against stefan gilmore with the patriots early on and getting a touchdown against him really having a solid game against stefan gilmore so this is one of the matchups, Ed, that I am really excited to watch come Sunday. Metcalf is a beast. Oh, my goodness. Just his physicality alone. And you're thinking this dude can run and, you know, the wingspan he has and then can go up over top of anybody. I guarantee you, you know, this this is going to be a real showcase as far as Patrick Peterson. You know, he's got a lot, I think, in my opinion, on his mind to prove after the last couple seasons. Uh, and this will be a highlight for him if he can 
not shut down, but at least contain Metcalf. But this is going. I'm, I'm going to be watching. You know, I I like to watch football in a different way than a lot of people. I, you know, I kind of pick out matchups and I focus on those sometime. And that's one that I'm going to have my eye on from start to finish. I'll be real interested to see. You know, if, uh, Patrick. You know, you know Patrick. He's He's always, you know, he's not a small dude. He's always been physical, but this is next level physical when you're uh, matching up against uh, Metcalf. Well, and you got Metcalf on the Seahawks side of the ball. You got DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the ball. So uh, the two leaders in terms of yards per game so far this season. So with that in mind, it kind of surprised me, Ed, when I saw today that the Seahawks are one of the teams interested in Antonio Brown coming back and What's your perspective on Brown, you know, being reinstated into the league? As it, it, would you be all that excited if if he were linked to the Cardinals, for instance? Not at all. I, you know, I'm a team guy, Brandon, have been my entire life. And over the last few years, uh, it, there's been nothing positive. I just don't see why you would entertain bringing a player like that in that could, one, corrupt your young talent, uh, would obviously could be a cancer within. The, we've seen what he's done at other other stops. Uh, Antonio's just been, you know, I don't know if it's all necessarily his fault. You know, maybe something's going on upstairs. I don't know, but his his this whole, I guess, um, it, it just I just don't think it would be. I would be really upset if my team was even considering it, just because I think of the chaos that he brings with him. The first time something doesn't go right, uh, then it becomes an issue, and now. Instead of us focusing on focusing on football, it's all about his issues and that you know for for an organization like Seattle, you guys have I guess developed a really good culture up there. I know guys who've gone through there and they love playing for the staff. See, you, know, you got Russell Wilson as a face of your organization, so why would you want to I guess rock the boat by bringing Brown in there? Just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, really odd to me, especially considering the depth that they have, that the position, the the potential of Josh Gordon coming back as well. But uh, I, I guess we'll see. The Seahawks, they always like to say that they're in on every deal. And so it, <laughs> it's what makes me think that they end up getting linked uh, in, in all cases. But he did. He worked out with Russell Wilson in the offseason, too. So I I really have no idea where they're going to come out on this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm rooting that you guys, you know, I'm I'm down here, obviously in enemy territory. You're but rooting I, I, for I, him I, to come to Seattle <laughs> and, and ruin everything, aren't you? I was, you know, I would actually root for peace, but just for chaos because we're going to need every advantage we can to keep pace with you guys. Yeah, go ahead and pick him up. I think that's a good move for <laughs> Seattle. I think you guys can handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see how it is. Ed. All right. Well, with this game coming up on Sunday, what, what's your take? How, how is this going to play out? Uh, you see this uh, being a close one, a high-scoring game. What, what do you think? Uh, because of the you know Seattle style, you know, you guys do like to get your game on the ground going. I don't think this will be one of those track meets, but I, I have a hard time, and I know my my – uh, Cardinals, you know, faithful out here, you know, they get on us sometimes when we don't back the Cardinals hundred percent, but when I'm, when I'm picking games, I go with talent and coaching and everything involved. And I just see this game as one of those methodical wins by Seattle. Not necessarily, like I said, high scoring, this would probably be one of those uh, 24 to 20 games where, you know, just whoever makes the least amount of stakes mistakes, which I think it will be Seattle. I'll probably come out on the end of uh, the winning side of this game. So my prediction, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'll, I'll take my, take the heat as I go through the rest of this week. Cause I still got plenty of shows to do. And I, you know, I'm going to stick with my, my, my assumption here that the, uh, 
Seahawks do win this one. Like I said, around 24-20. Well, Russell Wilson hasn't lost in Arizona since that very first game of his career. So you can tell Cardinals fans that you're just, you know, going with with <laughs> that particular stat. There was the one tie. I know we hate to look back at that, but uh, I I do think that this is going to be a fun game uh, The with it being the first matchup between the NFC West rivals that the Seahawks have faced. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, Ed. This is that, like I said, this is going to be that show me game after, you know, if we walk out there and we put, you know, stand toe to toe with you guys and I will start putting sound the alarm that, Hey, we're not there yet, but we are definitely getting close. If we walk out there and we, you know, poo poo down the back of our pants, then, you know, what I'm, what I've been thinking all along, well, you know, I'm going to keep preaching it. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one, Brandon. He's Ed Smith. Check him out on Twitter at Ed Smith speaks. Check out his show, Believe in Cardinals, on the Believe Podcast Network. Ed, really appreciate you coming back on the show. Anytime, sir. Great to be with you. A big thanks once again to Ed Smith for coming on the show. Great to have him back on talking Arizona Cardinals. Really looking forward to that game on Sunday. And as you're waiting for Sunday's game, go on over to fieldgoals.com. Lots of articles there to keep you busy leading up until Sunday with Antonio Brown now in the news, Alistair Corp has an article up on field goals. Lots of people commenting there, offering their thoughts on the possible move by the Seahawks. Also up by Alistair is the announcement of Michael Kendricks being added to the Seahawks practice squad. So the Seahawks adding a veteran linebacker who could be back in the lineup as early as Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Continue to tune into the field goals podcast. Subscribe sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. Tell your friends to subscribe, listen in, and I'm going to be talking to Anthony Knockreiner a little bit later this week than usual, so stay tuned for that. And if you're looking for the Seahawkers podcast this week, look for that on Friday. So a Blue Friday release ahead of Sunday's game, and I'll be talking with Adam, previewing the matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. Check that out, seahawkerspodcast.com slash subscribe. Lots of Seahawks talk, whether you get it here at Field Goals or at seahawkerspodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time. Go Hawks.